In this episode of Right Brewing Stories, I interview Charlotte Lovell. Now, Charlotte's background is as a professional costume designer working in theatre and film. Uh, so she's worked for the Royal Opera House and Glyndebourne in the UK and also on musicals such as Hamilton. Uh, she now has uh, a company called So Lovely Keepsakes, which she'll tell you more about in the episode. So without any further ado, please welcome Charlotte Lovell to Right Brain Stories. Good morning. Um, so, good morning, Charlotte. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, Larry. Good, okay. Good. So, so, Charlotte, um, thank you for agreeing to be a guest on Right Brain Stories. And, uh, you know, it will be a, a wide-ranging conversation. And um, it's going to be very interesting for, me, interesting for me to find out a bit more about what you do. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, do you want to just explain to our listeners who you are and what you do? Yes. About your background? Yeah, sure. I'm, um, well, yeah, I'm called Charlotte Lovell, and my background is in costume making. Um, I live in Hove, um, but very recently I've kind of changed things a bit, and I'm focusing more on the area of making memory bears and keepsakes out of babies' outgrown clothes and of lost loved ones' clothing. So it's, it's all changed sort of in the last 12 months, but I'm still really enjoying it. I think yeah. it's a brilliant idea. Aww. Such a good idea. Yeah, um, when I think about my, my kids and their keepsakes, um, sometimes if we bring them out for posterity, just embarrass them. But <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a really good way of keeping those memories alive. Aww. Brilliant, brilliant idea. Aww, yeah, yeah. It's, so. it's, such, it's such fun to do. I, mm. yeah, I never know what's going to come through the post or who's going to turn up. Mm. Um, just, and sometimes it, it's really sad. Um, just yesterday I received a big parcel of shirts and I've been speaking to the girl who's about my age and she'd very suddenly lost her dad. Um, it's really sad. Um, I mean, it, it turns out that actually um, we've got some mutual friends which we've only just discovered. Um, but really sad, I'm guessing her, her dad's probably about my dad's age. Just, just very sudden, very unexpected and they're obviously devastated. And they, um, he had lots of grandchildren and just they decided they'd just rather than kind of get rid of all his shirts so he's you know he's very well really trendy shirts and they'd like to make something out of them to keep and they thought maybe it'd be really nice for the grandchildren especially one granddaughter who's really struggling um to make her like a teddy or something like that so I've been really yeah really honored but um I had to make the first cuts yesterday take the sleeves off and yeah. I did shed a little tear yeah, um yeah. I, I guess in a way I get a bit used used to it and, and that helps do the job but it still it still does really get me just sometimes those first cuts cutting those and then reading the letter that she gave me saying please look after dad shirts I, I, they mean the world to us it's, wow yeah it's what a great so that can can be a bit sad but that's such a great um idea and uh, uh you know i think when you have emotion wrapped up in your creativity mm. um it, it makes all the difference yeah you know, it makes it all worthwhile yeah, you know? absolutely yeah so uh yeah fantastic so so do you want to just tell us a bit about your family your background and your upbringing and yeah everything? sure so um from quite an average family i think i've got two sisters uh mum and dad and um you yeah, lived in buxted in a little village um 
little village school. Um, so just very kind of normal, average, yeah, upbringing. Um, my dad was a dentist. My mum was a stay-at-home mum. Um, me and my sisters were all quite different, but I was always really arty from a young age. Um, yeah, it's something that I just that's what I enjoyed best. That was, you know, that's what I was best at. Um, spelling, never my strength. <laughs> so um, <laughs> kind of encouraged against that. Um, but yeah, that was always, um, you know, sometimes the teachers would call mum and dad, come in and see what she's drawn, come in and do this. It was, it was quite, and that's what I love to do. And What about your sisters? Were they similar? Not, or? not really. No. I mean, kind of, quite, you know, creative in their own ways, but mm. no, they, they, yeah, into, into different, different things really. Mm. Yeah. And what about your mum and dad? Were they creative at all? Um, so I would say or? mum was creative, although um, bless her, didn't really, um, apart from helping us and encouraging us in that, and whenever she drew us anything or helped us with things, she was always great, but probably just, yeah, probably didn't have the confidence to take it anywhere and, and you know, just was focused on being mum and, and helping us. Dad, I would say no, not creative at all. <laughs> Being a dad, dad, I hope you're not listening. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure in his own way, everyone's <laughs> creative, but no, definitely, I think more science and yeah, yeah. things like that. And peering down people's mouths yeah. and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, no, uh, just interesting question because it's just interesting to. Um, hold on, let's pause for a bit. So where were we? I can't remember now. Um, but uh, yeah, so your family and um, your parents, uh, and then and then. So how did the how did your how did you accelerate in terms of your creativity? How was your how were your family instrumental mm. in supporting you? Yeah, they've always been really supportive and encouraging of it. I think they were just really glad I found something I enjoyed and that I was good at um, and it was really funny dad I was joking earlier saying he wasn't particularly creative and you know he was a dentist and that being a dentist wasn't something he really enjoyed and I think that really encouraged me there's never any pressure to go into a career like that he made it very clear he's he said he's you know and if if someone's a joke saying, oh, Charlotte, you're going to, you know, follow in your father's footsteps and be a dentist, he would always advise, please don't. I just wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. I just do something you love. Don't do anything for my Do something you love. So from a very early age, I was kind of released from any expectations of doing anything that would make any money um, and just to do something I enjoyed. And I think that was, yeah, having that full support was, yeah, really helpful. And then, and then, and did they? Were there any practical things that they did to support your creativity? Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think Mum just always had time. She was always very encouraging in what we were doing. Showed a really good interest and was always there. Um, always really happy to get what was needed for a project. Um, and yeah, they. Uh, they kind of my, my sewing machine I still use today. They got for me on my eighteenth birthday. That's and impressive. it was yeah, it was um yeah, it's it's a great machine and it's um it's it's never gone wrong and it's um yeah, I, I use it every day. I think they had no idea really when they got it for me for my birthday if it would be one of those things I'd use once and 
put aside but um, it was it's a really good machine and it saw me through my A-level art projects going through you know all sorts of multimedia stuff and been making things you know most recently for Downton Abbey to Beauty and the Beast the film that's come out for Glyme but you know it's, it's done everything and that's so I was, yeah that was really that's, that's really a good helpful. investment <laughs> that was a good that investment that's a good investment that's what well, <laughs> yeah. I mean you know you need people to support you as well and not yeah. to feel like you know they want you to do something else or yeah. they're, they're just going to get mm. you a little you know not going to mention make a, a sewing machine from <laughs> a catalogue shop you know yeah, it, it, you yeah, know it, and that takes a lot of takes a lot of love and attention actually to know those specialist things I mean they probably yeah I remember them asking my textiles teacher you know uh, what what what's a good machine to get what's a what's a, a good one and I, good. I was yeah quite surprised I didn't really realize at the time but now yeah. now I yeah kind of lots of professionals use those machines I'm, I'm glad I've got that piece of kit it will be fine without yeah. it it makes my life easier it's yeah. very does what I need it to do yeah, and uh, yeah. it's well, well used and so you you mentioned um about costume design at the beginning and everything and uh, and you mentioned a couple of things you worked on T- tell me about your career as a costume designer how did it come mm. about and then what sort of things yeah. did you work on so yeah as i say from the age of seven i said i want to be a fashion designer so i always was designing you know clothes i was very interested in fashion very interested in dresses, <laughs> um, loved to always wear dresses and draw dresses all the time as a child um, and always had a fashion for that um, and then through A-levels and GCSEs always chose art, textiles, those sort of things, always specialised in fashion and clothing and did a really good art foundation course at um, City College at the time, it was amazing, specialised in fashion and textiles there. Um, halfway through that year I kind of realised perhaps it wasn't fashion I wanted to go into it was more costume for me it felt a bit more creative I loved the history that went with it Um, kind of the big over the top stuff was quite fun to make um, rather than I didn't really like the business side of of fashion having to um, do stuff for market and that sort of thing I just quite liked the idea of um, doing really arty or, or period pieces so, yeah, decided to specialise in that and um, looked around universities, really liked the look of Wimbledon School of Art. It seemed really small. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just, I thought I wanted to be a costume designer. Looked around the courses, the costume design and the costume making, that's called costume interpretation. And in the end, um, just seeing the, the corset tree, the beautiful clothing, just thought, actually, I want to learn how to make that. And then even if I do become a designer you know I think that's it's good to be able to make it first so yeah I went there for three years did a degree in costume interpretation and got a first class degree I may add that's what I'm talking <laughs> that, about that, that's that, what I'm talking that, about that sewing machine paid off <laughs> talk to my children please <laughs> and um yeah so that was great and um through that course I did lots of work experience and I think that was great I just decided to apply to all the best places so that that that, I think that second year I worked at the Royal Opera House I worked at Vogue House doing some stuff at the magazine I worked at Glyborne worked um, at Sands Film Costume just some really good places in London it was really so got great lots of experience Um, and that kind of set me up for my first job at Glyborne because I'd been there on work experience 
um, looking back, actually, I didn't do a very good job practically, but hopefully. Oops, stitches. <laughs> but yeah, no, looking back, I've, yeah, I've learned a lot. Um, was always much more an expressive um, artist. So I think Glyndebourne was a great place to start with to teach me how to be really technical, to be really neat, to do things really perfectly. And it, it, it's a really great training ground there because it had to be perfect. So that was really good. And I think that really taught me a lot. Um, so were you there as a freelance or were you there as a permanent? No, I was there as, it was a fixed term contract. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it, for, um, for the length of time of the production of the, sort of, of thing. Of the or season, before, yeah. yeah. So the it was season, always yeah. sort of February through to October time. Okay. And then you would always come back the next February. But you'd have the winter months off, which right. was great, really, because then you could freelance and build up your freelance contacts. And um, it's a small world in costume. Everyone knows each other. Everyone's worked at Glyndebourne in, in this area at some point and usually then started their own studios. So it was a really great place to go, get your training, work on amazing productions, make beautiful period doctor costumes with no budget, you know, crazy budgets, you know, no budgets, absolutely crazy budgets and, and lots of time to be able to do it in lovely surroundings, really lovely people, and watch mm. your work on stage, um, but then also have three or four months out every winter that you could That's go nice. and do something else. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. so that yeah. was really good. Yeah. And then and then did you, and when you did freelance work, did you work on other shows, or was that Yeah, I much? tended to work for a few different people, so I'd work um, with Janie Law in Worthing, she did a lot of films, um, trying to think uh, so someone else so there was a duchess film there was a sweeney todd film and uh, most recently i've worked with someone else um from back from those days contacts as well beauty and the beast uh, was lovely so all, yeah mainly film and theater who's the, who the lady that won a bafta last year for costume design and Stephen Fry had a bit of a go at her on stage. Oh, for not dressing yeah, uh, appropriately. Yeah, I brutal. can't think of it. Yeah, Sorry, absolutely. Sorry, Stephen. <laughs> that um, I think that definitely shows the difference between costume and fashion. I'm not sure. Well, you might see a fashion sign like that, but actually, in the costume houses, we're all in our jeans, and we work, you know, back in the day in our fleeces and our trainers. Um, and I'm, I don't. Maybe you'd find that in a in a fashion. Um, design studio but I don't think so I, I think they're a bit more under, I think they're a bit more under pressure <laughs> no, they're, to kind of yeah, look a bit they, they equal, look the thing, you know? whereas yeah it just seemed a little bit although we're kind of creating a very similar thing yeah it is a bit of a different yeah a bit of a different world as I think well. it's a really interesting um, decision that you made about you know attract fashion can be very attractive because of the marketing budgets and everything and costume design can kind of almost go unnoticed mm -hmm. but it's a very sensible decision as a young person to be able to say actually there is a subtle change I could make here to go to something that um, is a, more applied and and, and actually more, maybe more of a steady stream of work mm, than you know yeah. so okay yeah, interesting. Possibly. Okay. yeah I think I didn't realize until those early 20s there was really a difference but you know there is quite a difference I think in the fashion design and the costume design, although yeah. saying that, you, you will find people have done degrees in one, of, swapping over yeah, I'm to sure. the other. Lots, sure. Obviously, all the pattern cutting, yeah. all the sewing skills, it's really transferable. But um, yeah. And what, what would you say um, is, as we conclude part one of this interview, mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the coolest project you worked on? Um, the coolest project 
I, at the time, I thought making three waistcoats for Johnny Depp for Sweeney Todd was pretty cool. <laughs> so I think that was one of my first quite big um, yeshes. I didn't get to meet him. Oh, A-lister. I wasn't going to ask. I'm not bothered. Um, <laughs> Sorry, but Johnny, that, that's, that's quite quite good save. But um, I guess just the recent one I did last year, Hamilton, that was really fun. Yeah, really I need to good. get some tickets for that. I do. Really? It, it, yeah, it, it's it's... Victoria Palace Theatre um, in London, just outside Victoria train station, train station, where Billy Billy Elliot used to play. So it's there. Yeah. So um, it's just reopened. So mm. yeah, need need to need to get some tickets for that. Yeah. It's supposed to be amazing. Yeah, it's we've heard that we were listening to a soundtrack a lot in the studio. We're working in a studio in Lewis, um, and so sort of quite quite removed from from the theatre. But um, the costumes look amazing. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just. Uh, pause here as we take um, a, a break for this episode of Right Brain Stories with Charlotte Lovell, who's a costume maker extraordinaire and uh, has worked on some really cool stuff and, um, and is now doing So Lovely Keepsake, So Lovely Keepsakes, let me drink some more water, um, and we'll talk about that more next time. Great. Thank you, Charlotte. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. Thanks to Charlotte Lovell for appearing on Right Brain Stories. You'll find her work um, on the So Lovely Keepsakes page on Amazon Handmade, uh, also on Etsy and Instagram. And the website is so lovelykeepsakes.co.uk. Thanks, Charlotte. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>